Before we get going, please do not forget to rate and subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already. This helps us get the show out to as many people as possible. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Couch Guys Sports. Thanks, guys, for listening, and enjoy the show. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 119. We got me, Nick Qualley, this week. No Jared. But instead, we are bringing on his co-host from the Into the Triangle podcast, Big Al. Al, what's up? Not much, Quags. Glad to get the call back. I know not everybody gets the call back, so when you texted me, I was excited. <laughs> Glad to be back. No, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying this is the only reason why you got brought on, but trade deadline talk. We got to I mean, talk about all the look. I mean, we're gonna get more into it, but my God, I can't. I can't believe. I cannot believe. We're not having a discussion. Like I wrote down in my notes before the deadline, like two, like a couple days ago, to talk about whoever the Red Sox bring in, even if it was somebody, even if it was like Chafin, who was rumored that the Red Sox were interested in, interested in yesterday, which we'll get to that in a second too. And there's nobody. And there's nothing. Nobody. Nothing happened. But we're gonna talk about that more too. And in in and I've got a take on the Yankees, which I want to bring up. Because it's 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 a weird take coming from me uh, with the Yankees, but let's get into the weekly dump. Boo, boo, boo. There we go. Boo, boo, boo. The MLB trade deadline was today at 4 p.m. We record Wednesday, July 31st, and we had some pretty decent trades. Only I'd say only one trade was massive. Uh, Trevor Bauer went to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, his last act as a Cleveland Indian was firing the ball over the center field wall. And then Terry Francona basically told him, telling him to go sit the fuck down. That's not exactly what he said, but that's basically what he said. Uh, no, and the name no, that we, that's exactly what he said. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he, that's exactly he said, what, what the he fuck said. is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, like, and, and you know what too, this comes brief pause here. This comes after, Mike Francesa had said something about Trevor Bauer not being basically not being mentally strong enough to handle New York. And then Trevor Bauer clawed back and went after him. It was like, no, I can handle it. I can do it. And then you pull that stuff. It proves it right there that you couldn't handle New York. No chance. That's why he went to another team in Ohio. There you go. Yeah. Okay. And in return, one of the names, Yasiel Puig, who barely spent any time, about five minutes in Cincinnati, his last act as a Cincinnati Red, was being part of only the only way Yasiel Puy can leave an organization is by fighting somebody, be part of a brawl and have a significant role in a brawl. He didn't just run in there. He was he was he was shoving Chris Archer. Poor Chris Archer. Actually, no, not poor Chris Archer because I don't like Chris Archer. Ah, but Chris Archer's Chris on Archer. the Chris Archer's on the ground and he's just getting trampled after he runs in there. And then as soon as he stands up, Puy just shoves him into the wall. I mean, Puig, the only way that he was going to leave the Reds organization is a blaze of glory. He wasn't even on the team at that point anymore. He was already traded, but what? I'm, sur- I'm surprised he was still in the game because the trade, like we already knew about the trade. Whatever. It, it, it's because he had to be set up for the fu- for the brawl to happen. So that way he could go in, throw a couple haymakers and say, peace out, Cincinnati. Yeah, he'll still get suspended, though. If, you know what? I don't even know if what he did, though justifies him getting suspended but maybe maybe like two games maybe at the most yeah it won't be it won't be much um the rays al east you know the rays actually seem like they want to win baseball games and actually want to make the play oh yeah they're the winning now made, mode 100 yes the rays made another big trade they brought in jesus aguilar 
Uh, the Cubs sent Houston Martin, another team in the American League who's really trying to win. Uh, even though they went, to, they won the World Series two years ago, but that doesn't matter to them. Uh, the Cubs sent Houston Martin Maldonado in exchange for Tony Kemp. The Braves bolstered their bullpen by making a trade for the guy that I really would have liked to see in Boston. It would have cost a lot, but I would have liked to see uh, a certain somebody who we'll talk about. Uh, they made a trade for Shane Green from Detroit and also grabbed Mark Melanson from San Francisco. San Francisco, you wanted to get anything. Talk to San Francisco. Uh, speaking of San Francisco, a significant move was made today. We were hearing reports there is a significant piece from San Francisco, who is in who is in the discussion to be dealt to Milwaukee? Wasn't Madison Bumgarner? Wasn't Will Smith? But instead, it was <laughs> Drew Pomerantz. <laughs> the significant piece that we were hearing about, and like, and when this rumor was going on, people were like, "Who who could this be? Who could be getting traded to Milwaukee?" Buster Posey, Drew, Buster- friggin'. Pomerantz, like Drew my Pomerantz, God, who, from what I understand, and look, I don't pay attention much to the San Francisco Giants, but from what I understand, he's actually been pretty good since they moved him to the uh, bullpen. But remember, he was also pretty good when the Red Sox moved into the bullpen in 2000, was it 16? And then he gave up a home run to Coco Crisp, and that was his first home run that he hit, I think, since 2012. So, Drew Pomeranz, enjoy Milwaukee, my man. Uh, and the move of the day, the move of the day, this came right after the deadline ended. Reports started breaking. People started peeing themselves. The Astros have now become the best team in the American League, in my opinion, by adding Zach Granke to the rotation. Now, this is a different question about whether he can come up in the big moments. We know he has anxiety issues. We know he doesn't. He specifically said he he did not want to be in a big market, which is why he ended up signing with uh, Arizona a couple of years ago. But he is now the third man in the rotation, in a deadly rotation for Houston. Huge move for the Astros. Make that make that rotation deadly on top of that offense. The Astros, I don't think it's a question that they're the best team in the American League now, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Especially in a three-game series with Verlander, Cole, and Grinky going games one, two, and three. Yeah. Good luck to anybody that's playing them. Good luck. Yeah, and, and and that's it right there. It's like a three a three-game set. Like you're screwed. You're toast. Um, Michael Thomas. Now that we're out of football talk, uh, Michael Thomas lands an extension with the Saints, making him the league's highest-paid wide receiver at five years, one hundred million dollars. With that extension. Ezekiel Elliott still holding out, causing the Cowboys to bring in Alfred Morris. Uh, there was articles today saying that uh, the Cowboys should trade Zeke. I don't think so because, look, if you trade Zeke, the Cowboys, again, are going to be irrelevant. Give me a break. You really are going to trade Ezekiel Elliott, your franchise running back? Come Just on. Just him. You know Jerry be Jones is going to cave. You know Jerry Jones is yeah. going to cave. Be better, people of Dallas. Please, be better. Still holding out. Melvin Gordon is still holding out, and some speculate that it could extend a couple weeks into the season. And Rodney Harrison had his induction ceremony into the Patriots Hall of Fame. Uh, Rodney Harrison joining a bunch of Red Jackets. Teddy Bruschi. Uh, Somebody, you know, I I love Rodney Harrison, but my guy who I would have liked to see get inducted this year was Richard Seymour. People forget because it's been so long. And he was was one of the top three finalists here uh, that Rodney Harrison beat. Richard Seymour was so dominating at his position and it's, it's, he's so far gone out of our minds now. Like people forget he was the elite of the elite when he was playing for the Patriots at that spot. Guy was a stud. 
That was the weekly dump. Weekly dump, Jeff Zahabin's cooking. All right, so let's let's do this one quick because a majority of the show is going to be uh, Red Sox and nothing at the trade deadline. Uh, what could have happened? Would you have traded? I want to talk about that that scenario that was being tossed around a lot this week um, in regards to two of your most prominent position players. But first, I want to talk about this NFL holding. Oh, wow. Red Sox are down 2-0 already. Great. Surprise, surprise. The Rick Porcello pitching, too. Surprise, surprise. I mean, look, it doesn't really help when Dave Dombrowski says, you know, I, I just basically says, you know, I just don't think our team's good enough for me to waste assets to make trades. Oh, oh, but, oh we're, we're, we're going to get into that, and you and I are, are going to have a fiery me? conversation about the that. Quotes, the quotes that he came out with after, oh, my, my God. God. All right. Brutal. NFL offensive holding. So the NFL has made an announcement essentially saying that they are going to be paying closer attention. Al, I don't know if you ended up looking into it, but I did a little be, bit. They're going to be making an emphasis on calling holding offensive holding. And to that, I say, are you trying to kill football? Are you trying to end America's favorite sport? Because you know what, Al, what, holding, if you're trying, this is like the, this is like the pass interference reviews, which I think is also ridiculously stupid because so pass interference rule, right? You can you can make that review. Teams can now challenge. You will win that challenge every time. Yep. Because pass interference happens according to the rule. If you're going to go by the books, pass interference, pass interference happens on almost every single pass. Hail Mary throws, forget about it. Don't do them anymore because there's a it's pass interference. The best thing about Hail Marys is the ball would go up in the air. And it was no rules, no holds barred. You get tackle everybody, just knock everybody out of the way. Now you can't do that. Nah. Now, if there's a Hail Mary play, you chuck it up there at the end of a half, you throw that flag, you get an extra play on the goal line. So so I will say this. You just said it. On pretty much any pass interference call, it happens, what, at least nine out of ten plays? Something like that. It can happen. Oh, yeah. Correct? With offensive holding, right? It happens 10 out of 10 plays. It happens every every play. Every single play that you watch, you look at that entire line. Even if you're just watching a Patriots game, maybe the Patriots aren't the best example because Belichick has it down to an art form with his offensive lineman and Dante Sarnecchia. Oh, no, it happens happens every play because, because look, the way way that you're taught in, in, in being an offensive lineman, the way that they're taught, I mean, not me being an offensive lineman, but being offensive lineman, the way that they're taught is... You get in packet attested to this. You are taught to when you drive up, you're getting those hands underneath the pads on the chest. Yep. That's holding. So yeah. you're not gonna do it. What are you gonna do? Him with your forearm? Are you and, kidding me? And the thing is, too, it's gonna slow down the game even more than it's already being slowed down because every time they'll just throw a flag, offensive holding, offensive holding. Why are you trying to slow the game down? Some things have to be let go, and these offensive holding calls that are gonna be called every single time with the close attention to the referees this year, just let the boys play. If it's blatant, call it. If it's borderline, let it go because they're men and they have to try to do everything they can to block these 250 to 300. Three, even 350 pound guys coming at them. Like, give me a break. Just give me a freaking break. I'm sorry. So one, so one reason why baseball is having such a tough time right now is that the game is slow. And and me and you being two big baseball guys, like baseball is our first love. Baseball is our first sport, right? Yep. 
Being two big baseball guys, I think we can both agree that part of the problem with other people, and even with me sometimes, like I can watch baseball all day, but I want a conclusion. The problem with baseball is it's too slow. They take yeah. too long. They take way too long. I don't think the reviews really slow the game down that much. I know people have, have thrown some flack at that, and that was, a, that was a concern when that came in. I think that's good. I think I like the reviews in baseball. Um, but I think this game needs to speed up. I think they have to add a pitch clock. I think they have to work on those types of things. I think they have to get the game going. But this here is going to slow down the game so much. If you're going to call a penalty, if you're if you're going to actually make an emphasis and try to call every offensive holding, you are going to throw a penalty on every play. There's yep. no avoiding that. And I don't even know why. Like, do we know why? Why do they want to I, do that? I honestly couldn't tell you. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know why they think they have to go to this extreme. Like, it's just, it's football. It's physical. Guys are going to get thrown down to the ground. Like it's part of the game. That's what you're supposed to do on the offensive defensive line. Defensive line's trying to get around, trying to get obviously to the quarterback or running back. And the offensive line's doing everything they can to stop them. So obviously there's going to be some grabbing and some tackling and stuff like that. So what is the big deal? Why do you feel like this upcoming 2019 NFL season is the season to really bear down on offensive holding? Pass interference, fine. If you want to be able to challenge that, all good. But offensive, but being on the offensive line is part of the game. Stop trying to stop trying to literally police the NFL. It's getting ridiculous. And there are so many other things that you can change the rules in this game. So many other things that you can focus on. I just don't think I just don't think that offensive holding is the number one thing that you got to put an emphasis on. Like like you know what last year and we saw this and this is this is why I think it's stupid if they actually implement it, but I don't know if they're going to really implement it because if you remember going into last season, there were there was an emphasis, quote unquote, there was an emphasis on uh, slamming quarterbacks into the ground, and Clay Matthews was getting hammered with that penalty over and over and over again. But as the year went on, after they tried to, they put an emphasis on it early. And then they stopped calling it as much because Clay Matthews, there were a lot of his that were ridiculous. There were a lot of his that should not have been penalties, but that stopped getting called later as we went into the season. I, I hope gen- that's the case with this. I genuinely felt bad for Clay Matthews last year. Like some of the way, some of his sacks on the quarterback, just the way that he hit them and then getting called for a penalty and looking at them like, what did I do? Sometimes it's like, dude, you committed the penalty, get over it. But with Matthews at times last year, when I was able to see him on NFL Red Zone or wherever, you know, game of the week, whatever, I'd be like, eh, I, I kind of see where he's coming from. So maybe that's something that they really should look into too, besides this offensive holding stuff. Like, take a look at that. Clearly define what's slamming the quarterback and what's a proper sack of the quarterback. Fix that hold first. Up. Hold on, I'm sorry. I've got I've got some breaking news here. Not, not really breaking news, but one of my favorite internet personalities, PFD commenter of Barcelona Sports, he just posted a video saying that he confronted Gun Girl. <laughs> and let me tell you, <laughs> bottom three people in the world to me, she's right there. I fucking hate Gun Girl. I despise her. She is so obnoxious, man. Yeah. I hate her so much. I've I, I've seen the I've seen the clips, but my God, can she get annoying? She's, I agree. She's insufferable. She's insufferable. 
Walk away, please. It's not true. No, walk away, please. Uh, right he didn't now. fantasize about it. Do you want to fantasize about it? No, no, don't, don't please don't touch me with your poopy pants. Your poopy hands are near me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Do you want to fantasize about it? Do you want to fantasize about it? What are we fantasizing about here? Would you stop it? Please? He was talking about he was talking about the gun girl pooped her pants thing, which is uh, one of the funniest. It, 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 Look, it if she wasn't if if okay, I can't believe we're talking about gun girl right now. If she wasn't such a dickhead, I really wouldn't care about her. But she's just such like she tries so hard to just rail people on college campuses, and half the time. The kids on the college campus actually actually really give her some intellectual conversation. And she's just like, no, nope, no, nope, that's not true. No, nope, she yeah. fucking sucks. Can we move on from her, please? Like, I, I'm I feel like I'm becoming unintelligent, just more less intelligent talking about her. And yeah, it's five nothing Tampa Bay now. So now I'm getting what? really pissed off. What? It's five nothing oh Tampa God. Bay. So so so. Can we get into some Red Sox talk and can we just both like yell at the fact that this Red Sox team is probably going nowhere this year, especially with Deal and Davey not pulling a deal, which we'll talk about in a second, because my God, do I have some takes on this? Okay, so let's yeah, let's roll into that. Let's roll into the and this is this show is going to be centric around this point anyway, um, the last maybe half of the show here. So Dave Dombrowski today decided not to make a move for the Red Sox. There were a lot of rumors going around that he was going to make a move for a closer, whether that closer be uh, Kirby Yates. I know they looked into him. Uh, Ken Giles, Toronto. I know they looked into him. Uh, Diaz, Edwin Diaz up in New York for the Mets. I know they looked into him, but now we sit here 7:46 PM, July 31st. The Red Sox did not make a single move. Did not make a single move at the trade deadline. The only they did bring in Andrew Kashner as a starting pitcher to finally be to finally have somebody as your fifth man. Woo. Woo. And now we're going to talk about the comments after we're going to talk about the comments that Dave Dabrowski made at uh, after the deadline in a bit, but one thing that I do want to say that I kind of am with him on. And I hate to say this, but I I would have liked to overall I would have liked to see a move made because in the end this team is talented enough to win a World Series. They are. Yes. If this if this team plays to the caliber that we know they can, like they did last year, this team is talented enough to win the World Series, or at least go to the World Series, make a deep playoff run. But they're underperforming right now, and that's where Dave Dombrowski's right. I mean, we're watching a game right now, five to nothing. Rick Porcello's on the mound. Talk about somebody who has underperformed out of his ass this year, Rick Porcello. So in that regard, I get it. But Dave, you couldn't bring anybody in. You couldn't make a single trade to bring in a closer. The number one thing that this team needed was a closer, just a solidified closer. I know you guys said all offseason, oh, we've got this figured out. We've got this figured out. And everybody knew it was Matt Barnes. It was Ryan Brazier. It turned out to they, they it looked like they just wanted Ryan Brazier, which, hey, I, at the time, I thought Ryan Brazier could be a pretty solid closer. He's down to AAA Pawtucket. We know Matt Barnes now can't be your closer. Uh, right now, as Dave Dombrowski said today, they trust Brandon Workman as their closer. 
How many guys do you have to go through before you realize that you messed up this offseason and you you really screwed up by not bringing in somebody to hammer down that ninth inning? What's amazing to me, Quags, is that I don't know if you saw this, but I was watching on MLB Network earlier. They had the trade deadline special. They went through the Red Sox stats for just bullpen. You want to know what their save percentage was this year so far? Not good. 50, 53.1%, <laughs> which is good for last in the MLB. Last. And you're telling me. Their bullpen they, ERA is 26th I in know. the ninth. So you're, so you're trying to tell me, right? And I see where you're coming from. But D- Dave, Dombrowski, buddy, you're telling me right now that this team does not need a closer. When you had an all-star caliber closer last year, you knew Craig Kimbrell wasn't coming back. You knew that. And credit to Jared Carabas, who I read his article right before I came on the show. He said it perfectly. The Red Sox had, they should have been looking last July at potential closer options for this 2019 season. And he failed to do that. And I got to be honest with you, you might not like this take, but honestly, at this point, I don't care. I think Dabrowski quit on the Red Sox this year. I do too. I do too. Okay, good. So we're on the same page there. I said, that's what I tweeted earlier. After he this trade deadline was done and after his after his comments, I said, well, there it is. Y- your president of baseball operations does not believe that this team is worth putting more into. Yep. You quit. And guess what? I and I can and I agree with you on the underachieving comment. The Red Sox have underachieved this year, especially Rick Porcello and my binky, if you ask Jared Scallion into the triangle, is Chris Sale. And he has not been the Chris Sale of old. I understand that. But the thing is, this team on paper, they're so talented. Their offense is coming around. Their defense is usually very, very good. And their starting pitching is starting to, you know, they're starting to turn the corner a little bit. Not Not Rick Porcello. Not Rick Porcello. (laughs) Not Porcello. That's true. But as a whole staff, they're starting to figure it out a little bit. So if you can get that closer, if you could have gotten that closer, you had a legit chance in the playoffs in a short series. Because I said this on... Uh, my other podcast, Legends Lingo. In a short series with the Yankees, I like the Red Sox chances because of their offense and the fact that the Yankees. I do too. The fact that the Yankees don't have starting pitching. Yeah, they have a great bullpen. Whoop de doo. What are you going to do? You're going to have a bullpen guy start the first game of the ALDS or ALCS? No. You're going to have to troll out Tanaka or Sabathia or whoever. Maybe not CC, but you're going to have to roll out your starters and give you four innings at least, maybe five. And I like the Red Sox chances in the beginning to knock out the Yankee starters. So Dombrowski said this today uh, when talking to the media. He said, if we were close to first place, I would have been open-minded to some things. The club here needs to play better on a consistent basis. That's the way I look at it, which is true. They do have to play better on a consistent basis. but, But Dave, look, the fact of the matter is, You have 19 blown saves this year. You have 19 blown saves as a team. If you, and they didn't lose all those games. People have to, people have to remember that just because they had a blown save doesn't mean they lost all those games, but no, but even if they didn't blow, let's say nine of them, nine of them, you got, you got nine more wins out of this. You were right in the division race. You are directly in that division race. So the fact, the fact of the matter is, because you don't have a closer, you are this far out of the division. 
That's on you. Let, let me ask you something, Quags. Did you watch the Red Sox game last night? I did. Okay. It was hard. It was a hard watch. When Colton Brewer came into the game, did you feel comfortable with that lead? No. That's and did I and did you hold on, but hold on. Did you think that Brewer was gonna blow that lead? I had a feeling. Guess what? I was in the same exact boat. I said last night, I was watching the game with my family. I said, Brewer's going to blow this game. Sure enough, gives up the lead. Red Sox ultimately lose. And everybody that I saw on Twitter today that was commenting on the Red Sox with moves and how they were all excited, I literally was saying to people, they're going to stand pat. They're not making a move. Because Dombrowski does not have the urgency, and he doesn't think that this team, he said it, he doesn't think this team warrants going out and making that move because they're so far out of first place. The fact that he said that right there tells his own baseball club that I don't have the faith in you guys. Okay, well, Dave, if that's the case, you're either buyers or you're sellers at the deadline. You did nothing. So you're just going to stick with the same mediocre bullpen that you have? And there were rumors last night that they were linked in on Chafin from who Arizona, which, okay, it would have been the, the exact same thing. A doughy white guy who's got an ERA in the mid fours. He he looked like a dude that could be in like an Austin Powers movie with that 70s mustache. Yeah, of his. It, was, like it was amazing. What way, in what way would that have helped your team? It wouldn't have. You're wasting at you're wasting prospects at that point. You're wasting trade assets. The only I think Mike Diaz seemed like he was on the table. And this is where the second conversation comes in, and I'm going to bring this up in a sec. But, Al, you mentioned not believing in the bullpen. I was at that game last Thursday where the Red Sox won 19-3. to When they went up 7 to nothing, I looked at the guy I was with, and I was like, I don't know if they can hold this lead. <laughs> and, and, and as funny as it is, though, it's so true. Yeah. It's so sad that we as Red Sox fans have to cringe at – a five, six, seven, even seven a ten round nothing. Lead. Seven nothing after the first inning. And you're saying to your buddy, I don't know if we're gonna hold this. Isn't that a little problematic? Dave Dombrowski, shouldn't you have maybe done something about this? So Red Sox fans like you and I aren't freaking out over the shortest of leads. Forget a one run lead. That's that's easily blown. Two run lead, forget it. Like it, and then on on cue, on cue, Rick Porcello loads the bases in the second inning. It was, it was unbelievable. It was like, you know how this is going to be every single night. And Dave, you have, if I'm, if I'm John Henry, I'm pissed. I am pissed because you have the highest payroll in baseball. I don't care that you won the World Series last year. Your goal this year is to win the World Series again. You guys talked all that smack over the offseason. Alex Cora with, you guys liked last year. Wait till you see this year. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's July 31st. We're about to enter August, and you guys are only 10 games over 500. So I and, think, and you're 10 call, games out of the division. Yeah, call me crazy. I think they were better last year. You know what? As crazy as that sounds, <laughs> you do. might be on to something. I as, do. You might be on to something for once. I'm impressed. It's it's The formula is there for you for this year. The trade deadline, you have to improve the team in some way, but you did nothing. So you're fine with a bullpen that's loaded up with Brandon Workman, fine, Marcus Walden. Who knows what you're going to get out of Marcus Walden. Uh, Heath Hembry, 
who was on a tear before I said that he was on a tear. And then immediately as I said it, he's given up a million runs. Uh, Matt Barnes. Look, I don't know why everybody thought Matt Barnes was the next big stud this season. Because we've watched this guy for years. Like, this is what he does. He gets red hot. He gets cold. Yeah, like he, Jackie Bradley of the bullpen. Inconsistency. That's his thing. He's yes, inconsistent. It, and it always has been. Um, Josh Taylor. Colton Brewer. I actually, I must say, I actually like Josh Taylor. I so think there's I. something. I think there's something to him. Lefty like throws Taylor. hard. I, I think he can actually be effective in this bullpen. But you need somebody. Look, so if you're going to go with Brandon Workman as the closer, you're taking somebody away from the middle innings, which is crucial. Yep. If you brought in a guy, I would have been fine if they sold high on, or if they if they bought high for like a guy like Shane Green, who was obviously on the trade block. If yep. you sent over Detroit, I would have been fine with trading uh, Dahlbeck. Yeah, Bobby Dahlbeck. Yep. Yes. I would have been fine with trading Dahlbeck for Edwin Diaz. And you know why? And I got into this argument a lot this week. I, I My tweet, I just angered a lot of people with being like, I will trade Bobby Dahlbeck. Okay, so now, now I want to hear this. Guys, Bobby Dahlbeck plays third base. Rafael Devers, two, plays third base. And yeah, you can make him first base, but you got Michael Chavis there. Bobby Dahlbeck uh, is most likely ready for the MLB. He's blocked at third. Unless you're going to make him the DH of the future, he's blocked at third base. He doesn't have a spot on the MLB roster, Al. Every, You know what? Everything, I did the calculations. I, I did it all in my head. Everything checks out. But on a serious note, yes, take a chance. Get rid of Dahlbeck. You have your third baseman of the future endeavors. And basically, you have your infield He's of the 22. future. I know. <laughs> With Devers, Bogarts, Tristan Cassis, when he's going to be ready at first base, and Michael Chavis, if you want to keep working with him, second base, whatever. Marco Hernandez. Marco Hernandez. I don't know why Hernandez, Hernandez is in AAA. I don't know why either. That was, and I wrote about that on Couch Guy. I was shocked to see that. Although Sam Travis is ripping the ball right now. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 just had a, he just had another base hit. Ask, it, ask Lauren Campbell. Former former co-host of the show, um, Nesson right now. Ask Lauren. I my my former Marco Hernandez was Sam Travis. I have been on the Sam Travis train for like four years. I love since I started CLNS. At least I have been all in on Sam Travis. I actually met Sam Travis. I actually met Sam Travis. He's a pretty good guy. Nice guy. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Listen, he he swings a baseball bat with no batting gloves. That that's a man right there. That's a true man. He is a man amongst boys. He's like Evan Gaddis, man amongst boys. So, okay, let's bring it back to Shane Green. Let's bring it back to a guy like Shane Green. I don't know exactly, and we can we can relate this to Edwin Diaz too. I don't know what Shane Green's contract situation is. Let me look that up real quick. Um, Shane Green contract, spottrack.com. I will say with Shane Green, though, while you look that up, even though he didn't end up as a Red Sox, which I didn't expect him to, I am happy that he went to a place like Atlanta where they're actually contending and have a chance to win the National League. Like, I was fine with that. I was perfectly okay with that. Okay, so Shane Green, $4 million this year. Uh, He's got a year of arbitration left next year. Edwin Diaz, I think he has three more years of arbitration. He's only making $600,000. So there was – Buster only kind of started the speculation or the the conversation 
when he asked on ESPN or when he said rather that to get Diaz from the Mets, it's most likely going to take you either Jackie Bradley or Andrew Benintendi. And now my thing at the time was I'm not trading Jackie Bradley Jr. because I'm not giving up Benintendi. That's just, I can't, I'm not doing that. Nope. I'm not trading Jackie Bradley Jr. For a closer who has an ERA in the mid fours and a whip of, I want to say, oh, I forget what, one four maybe. It's not good. Not a good whip. Um, I'm going to look that up for you. Yeah, look up. Yeah, but regardless, I just didn't think Diaz was worth it. I still don't think Diaz is worth it. Would you make Would you make one of those trades? Would you trade Benintendi or Jackie Bradley to bring in a top closer like maybe Shane Green who's got one year left of arbitration uh, after this season? So you would only get Shane Green for next year. And then, uh, or would you make that deal for Edwin Diaz who has three years left of control, I believe? Benintendi. For a top closer, no. Jackie Bradley for a top closer, I'm doing it. I, I've never been a Jackie Bradley guy. I know he's a great defensive player. I understand that. But for me, it's about what can you do for me at the plate? Because let's be honest, you can throw Andy or Mookie in center field. But you know what? You have to trade away Jackie Bradley. Give, give, me, give me that closer that you need. Give me a closer. If it means getting rid of Jackie Bradley and his inconsistent hitting, which I'm a big guy, especially the MLB, you need to hit to be staying in the lineup every day. Jackie Bradley does that on an inconsistent basis. So I'm sorry. I'm keeping Ben Benintendi. Put Mookie in center. Throw JD if you have to in right or Brock Holt, whoever. You know what? Whatever you have to do, go get it done as long as it doesn't involve Andrew Benintendi. Uh, see, uh... It would depend for me. I'm not doing that this year for sure because it would depend for me if Edwin Diaz, for example. Shane Green, I need more than one year of control to give up Jackie Bradley Jr. because Andrew Benintendi, again, is off the table. But Edwin Diaz, if he was having the year like he did last year, like I've seen a lot of Mets fans really upset with Diaz as the closer. He's had a bum-ass year at points. Uh, his ERA... And I, and I said this before, too, about him in my, my latest for CLNS Media. I wrote that his ERA is a little skewed because in the games that he's given up runs, he's had games where he's gotten smacked, like five runs, four runs. So that that skews the ERA a bit. Then the other nights he's given up one run if he does give up any runs. But if he was pitching like one of the best closers like he did last year, where his ERA was like 1-1-8, I believe it was, Last year, not a lot of people paid attention because it, he was in Seattle. Diaz was nasty for Seattle. He, was. he La- was one of the best closers in baseball last year. So last year, his ERA was 1.96 Okay, for the Mariners last year. And he had, I'm looking at 124 strikeouts in 73 in a third innings. And what, 57 saves? He had, yeah, 57 saves. This year, 23 saves. And you wanted to know about the whip, right? That's what you wanted? Yeah. 1.46. Okay. So the thing is with the whip is whip to me is a much more valuable stat when you're or, or useful stat when you're talking about a closer because what the way it, it, it shows you, not a lot of people really understand what a whip is. It shows you how many runners uh, this guy allows on base, basically. It's walks, hits per inning, p- innings pitched. So he allows essentially one and a half base runners every time he goes out. Yep. That's not good. 
No, that's not good at all. As your closer, like, and we were spoiled. I think a lot of our generation's Red Sox fans want our closer to be Koji Uihara or um, Jonathan Papelbon. Jonathan Papelbon, or like Keith Folk, or Keith Folk, whoever it may be. Craig Kimbrell, uh, when he was elite, that's who we want. But again, I'm not trading a focal point of my team for a guy who is having a down season like Edwin Diaz is having. Because regardless of if he can bounce back, he's having a down year right now, I need to know that I'm getting an elite closer if I'm giving up a gold glove center fielder who does produce at times. When he's hot, he's hot, and that's a great combination when he's fielding too. So it's it's a tough call. Not doing, yeah. But just just to bring it back real quick before we wrap it up, not doing something at the trade deadline is a crazy move to me for Dave Dombrowski. And this is what I wanted to say earlier about the Yankees. And this is weird for me to say, but I somewhat sympathize with the Yankees only because, yeah, it's a crazy move for the Red Sox not to do anything. I can't believe the Yankees didn't get a starter. The one thing that this team needed to be considered to, to be elite, I mean, there were already powerhouses as it is now offensively. They need starting pitching help. The fact that they did not grab a starting pitcher to me is astounding. Astounding. But, but here's so here's the one thing that I'm going to counter you with on that. At least with the Yankees, they were in conversations. They were in the mix for guys like Robbie Ray, Zach Wheeler. Even guys like Noah Syndergaard and Mads Bumgarner. The Mets just won't trade. No, the Mets, the Mets, listen, if you want my opinions on the Mets, go listen to my podcast because I went off for about five minutes on the Mets just being absolutely ridiculous and they being absolute no morons. Are They're you, morons. They're morons. They're so dumb. They're but such a fake baseball team. Their really trades are. make no sense. They just they just send people away. Like they don't they don't want to rebuild. They refuse to do it. They I refuse. I know. <laughs> it's it, such a dumb like you, you go out and get Marcus Stroman when you're thinking about trading Noah Syndergaard and Zach Wheeler. Like, what are you doing? But back to my point real quick. At least with the Yankees, they were linked to a couple guys. The Red Sox weren't even really linked to any of these guys. There was reports that maybe they were going to go after them, but when it was all said and done, there was nothing that was like, okay, serious consideration for a closer. That That's where I don't sympathize with the Yankees. Because at least the Yankees tried to have initial conversations. It just didn't happen. They just couldn't pull the trigger. So now I'm trying to find the tweet now, but just before we started the show is, um, so the Yankees, apparently there was a chance that the Mets were going to flip Marcus Stroman to the Yankees after they made that deal. But I'm trying to pull up Ken Rosenthal's Twitter right now so I can get the exact um, tweet. But as it turns out, this is way too far gone now. Whatever. This this is news to me. So the Mets, apparently, let me, let me pull it up here. Let me try to pull it up. The Mets apparently were going to, or, or there was an idea that they were going to uh, potentially flip Marcus Stroman after they already traded for him to the Yankees, which would have been tremendous for the Yankees because the one thing their bullpen struggles at times, it's a $40 million bullpen. It's a wildly expensive bullpen, but, Overall, it's it's a it's a good bullpen. It's a top bullpen. 
they need starting pitching. Once this team gets reliable starting pitching, they're going to be a team that can mess with the Astros. Because there's no doubt in my mind now that the Astros are the best team in baseball. Yep. Who knows if they're going to – or maybe not baseball. I think that's the Dodgers. At, at least the American League. The American League by far. Um, but that's what they needed. That's All they needed was that that starter, that ace. They don't have an ace right now. That's their problem. With Luis Severino being down – I mean, you need that ace. I know, and you and you have guys like what's his name, Herman Domingo Herman. Durbin. I don't even know how to say his name. That's how irrelevant he is to me. And then you got Tanaka that gets knocked around by the Red Sox easily. And then who else do they have? Jay Happ. He's nowhere as good as years past. So no. they needed that ace. No, like which you, you knew that was going to happen. What is no. stupid? And James Paxton. You yeah, that knew. was that was. You know what's funny is on my other podcast, I had Hubs on in the offseason, and he was making out like James Paxton was going to be the next version of like Randy Johnson in his But you prime. knew that was going to happen. I, and he's, it's like he's, he was never in, an, an incredible pitcher. I know. He was a th- he's a three at best, and that's what he is in New York. He's a three or four, and that's all he is. James Paxton was not going to bring you to the World Series. I'm sorry. He's just not going to do it. Okay, so here is the tweet from Bob Clap Clapish, Clap, whatever Clapish from the New York Times. He said, "Among dead ends, Yankees ran into was deal with Mets, who I'm told were ready to flip Stroman to the Bronx in exchange for Estevan Florial, Florial, and DV Garcia, among others." Yankees said no. So the Yankees said no to that. So if I'm a Yankees fan, I'm pissed off at Brian Cashman too. Yeah, I, I don't know what the Yankees are thinking. I don't know whether it's they want to save assets on the farm or if they just don't think that Stroman was going to be able to handle New York, which I think is BS. I oh, think no. He, He's perfect he, for New York. He, he Exactly. He's from there originally. His personality, his spunk, just the way he is, he'd fit in perfectly, especially in a Yankees uniform. My God, he'd be perfect. All right, we're going to wrap it up here on fucking believable i can't believe they didn't do anything i can't believe they didn't do anything like i i i can i I can i just yeah no i I I wish it didn't i wish it didn't i I really thought they were gonna do something just anything anything they just couldn't do it nope we're staying pat they don't deserve it just remember that couch guy sports podcast episode 119 i feel like I feel like we had the same exact conversation last year. Because at the time, though, we didn't know Nathan Evaldi was going to be Nathan Evaldi. Nope. Nobody, Nobody knew that. Clue. Nobody had a clue. Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode number 119 in the books. Guys, follow us on everything on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Couch Guys Sports. And then the podcast, like every week, I don't know the actual handle, Couch Guy Podcast, Couch Guys Sports Pod. It's one of those. It's there. Uh, follow me. Follow Big Al. You guys can find us on Twitter, too. And catch the blogs every day, baby. And then the biggest thing, rate and subscribe on iTunes. Help us out. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Follow on Twitter at Couch Guy Podcast. Couch Guy Podcast. I'm not going to remember that again. Couch Guy Sports Podcast, episode 119 in the books. Guys, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.